Welcome back to Would You Gaming, everybody's favorite podcast. I am your host as always, Chris. Today I wanted to do something a little bit different. Look back at one of the games that I spent way too much time playing in the past. Take a look back with rose-colored glasses there to see what we can discover about the game. Talk about the evolution of it. And just give my thoughts on how the whole game played out overall up until the sequel's release. If you're new here, make sure you, if you haven't already, you rate the podcast, like, subscribe if you're looking at us on YouTube, leave us a comment below what we can do to make the podcast a better experience all around for everybody, and yeah, let's dive right into it. So I wanted to take a look at Destiny. Destiny was, of course, the collaboration between Activision and Bungie. Bungie having brought us the Halo titles of all the original 1 and 2, maybe 3 as well, before 343 took over the role there. So they had plenty of experience with first-person shooters, primarily with the more futuristic settings where you had overshields and health beyond that, not really true to form and set in reality like the Call of Duty titles. So these these were these were great large endeavors that the two companies sought to seek out and create. Destiny was supposed to be a 10-year game, running expansions every other year, something along those lines, to run it out to that 10-year period. Of course, we know that eventually that this did not take place. Destiny ran for about six years or so, something like that, and then they brought out Destiny 2, which overall wasn't my favorite game. They made a lot of changes to Destiny 2 that I just wasn't a big fan of in general the time to kill was greater uh special ammo was uh changed to heavy and or no no it wasn't heavy it was just special had to spawn and you had to pull it similar to heavy it was just a different experience altogether and i just wasn't that big a fan of it and you know some of those changes they came about toward the end of destiny 2 but we'll get into that so when destiny 2 came out there were no raids or anything on the initial launch it was just the story mode you could play in the Crucible. And eventually, I think it was a week after release, uh, let's see, they launched on September 9th in 2014. And on the 16th, the Vault of Glass was released via an update. And they jumped the light level up as well to 26 there. Uh, and if you didn't complete the end game Vault of Glass, it was 28 if you completed that and got all the armor and upgraded it with the Ascended Shards that were required at that time to upgrade. For me, this was my first foray into an MMO game. I never played anything massively multiplayer, let alone fully online. I, as, as most of you know, if you've listened to the podcast, I live in an area that is not conducive to online play unless it is something less intensive on the bandwidth, because I'm running off satellite here. That latency kills me. I'm, I, at the time, I was living somewhere where I had high-speed fiber internet, and I just, this was something altogether new for me. I remember wandering around the Rusted Lands, I think it were, at that time, looking for, looking around, looking for enemies to kill. And I just happened upon somebody, and they joined my party, added me on my friends list, and of course, from there, my friend list just continued to grow. Mind you, I was on the PS3 at this time. So, we eventually transitioned to the PS4 later on down the road. But I was on the PS3, and it was very limited. I think you could have 100 friends on there. That was the maximum. It it was upped on the PS4, but like you need that many friends anyway. 
goodness gracious, we'll get started on it. We'll, we'll talk about it in a bit as well. But I just remember playing this. This was something altogether new for me. So I played around for a bit. Eventually, I would, I would get into the Crucible a little bit. I was a shotgun pro out there aping everybody. Coming at you wide open. I don't remember what I used as a primary. I can just tell you it was not an auto rifle. I can tell you that. I wasn't a big fan of the Suros. And I missed out on the Suros regime. And the Gallahorn. I think I picked the game up a month down the road. By that point the Gallahorn had already been sold. I would not get mine for a year or so down the road. Until at least the next update at the earliest. But this was an interesting time. Like I said we had this title that came out. And I, I just did a little bit of review on it, and and by and large, Destiny had didn't have much of a story at all until there were future patches and changes. It was it was a barren wasteland. You you had the Earth story that was loosely fit together that, and the other uh, I think you went to Venus and Mercury as well. Mars I know you went to Mars, and you had those stories where you fought the Cabal, you fought the Fallen, you would fight the. Uh, what were they? The Hive uh, and the Vex. Those were the four races that you would fight. And they each had strongholds in different areas. The Cabal were stronger on Mars. They held that down. The Vex had uh, Venus, I think. I want to say. I want to say. That could be wrong. There, Correct me if I'm wrong. But And the first raid was being the Vault of Glass. It was solely focused on the Vex. And the Confluence of Time, Atheon. I just remember several times going through there trying to beat it. And it took a good bit of time because the raids in Destiny took a good bit of communication. You had to have a fire team that was competent. And they had to be able to each hold their own, perform their respective tasks. That way everybody could succeed. Now, in those days, I'm in the evolution of my characters in that time, I was a... Warlock through and through. I just thought the idea of a space Jedi sounded pretty cool. I ran Sunsinger a lot in the uh, raids just because the option to self-res was always helpful. Especially in those areas where you had to kind of clutch it out. There was one area in the Vault of Glass that was, once you'd made it in, it was near the, after you got down past the Templar or while you were at the Templar. All the enemies continued to spawn and you could jump up in a little hidey hole. I remember one time everybody had wiped. I was the last one I had self-res. I activated, ran, hid in the hole. And I was the reason we made it past that encounter. Uh, to go down to the Gorgons to deal with them afterwards through the maze. So just that made me feel like such a valuable member of the team. Even though I had to use my crutch in the self-res, I was able to make sure we made it past that encounter. And this is a theme in all of Destiny. It's just an overall fun experience to play. If you had a good tight fire team, people who were like family you played with, this was an excellent game to work out communication skills, if puzzle solving, just teamwork in general. If you can perform a raid in Destiny 2, you can do most anything. You could probably take that skill set. If you took that same team to an on-the-job experience, I have to believe they would excel. Because that was monumentous, especially the Vault of Glass. I, I don't know how the people who first finished that quest, who finished the, the raid, actually did so. That had to be a very long experience. I think it was uh, six plus hours for those people to actually do it. That's kind of nuts when you think of it. And 
and there was a joke, a running joke. It's like, uh, the, the trouble's not the raids in Destiny and Long. It's getting six people to to uh, sync up their schedules and actually have the free time to perform it. Much less if it takes you that long to actually do the raid. It's just kind of nuts. Beyond the Vault of Glass, the first DLC that came out was the Dark Below. But they had a double pack for like 35 bucks. It was 20 bucks for the Dark Below. Or you could buy... The combination of Dark Below and House of Wolves for 35 House of Wolves was running for 20 itself as well. But if you went through GameStop, you got a Sparrow. had sweet little flames on the side. You could do tricks with that. And I remember when the Dark Below released and Crota's End. Uh, that was December 9th, 2014. So it was about three months after the game had been out. I remember taking that day off work. The raid dropped. Everything dropped at 3 a.m. So... My happy self was up at 3 a.m. running through all the story modes, trying to figure out what to do, and was running Crota's End by that evening. I was that dedicated to the game. Like I said, this was my first foray into a massively multiplayer online game, and I was simply hooked. I spent way too much time in this game. I had a ton of fun, but I spent way too much time sinking it into finishing these raids, running in the Crucible, and later on in the Trials of Osiris. I know when Crotazen dropped, the levels, of course, went up. It went up to 32, and Crotazen focused on the Hive and Oryx's son, Crota. We, we ran this for several months, and then about three months later, actually it's about five months later, in May of 2015, House of Wolves dropped. So with the House of Wolves, there was no raid at this point. There was a PvE environment, the where you had to fight and get Skolas, kill Skolas at the end of that. The Prisoner of Elders, Prison of Elders or something along those lines. And we also got the Trials of Osiris with this. Like I said, this was where I spent the crux of my time in Destiny. I was a mediocre, if not okay, PvP player at the time. I wound up playing with somebody who was substantially better than myself. The guy was on a regular basis, 3v, 1v3 and everybody to bring it back for us. I went flawless more times than I have any business doing because of this man. This guy was top tier. I think he still plays Overwatch to this day. We both agreed that Destiny 2 went in a direction we didn't agree on. We had tried to play some Trials of Osiris in there when I had a good connection, but 4v4 is not the same as 3v3. I tend to prefer the three and six man fire teams that we got in Destiny 1 over the two and four that we got it to. On top of that, the time to kill being reduced and all the other changes just made it a much more difficult endeavor if you had players who were not up to par. Where you could carry somebody or one person carry two in Destiny 1 simply was not possible in Destiny 2. And there were so many times that my friend did carries. He, he did paid carries in Destiny 1. I would help. I'd hop on other people's account from time to time. I was thankful to be a part of that. I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot from him. A lot about movement speed, uh, aerial movement, making sure that the approach uh, through, if they're coming through a doorway, hop above them and just lay into them with a side armor or hand cannon and just melee to finish that off. Like I said, there was much I learned from this man and I respect to him because he is one of the best PvP players I've ever played with. And that's no lie there. And 
around October 13, 2015, we got tests of errors and microtransactions. And that's just what our game wanted. Gamers wanted an opportunity to throw money at the screen in order to look cooler via a cosmetic item or a cool emote or dance, whether that be the thriller, Carlton, or what be it. Uh, around in 2015 as well, around September, we got the Taken King. There was an introduction of new enemy types in the Taken and a new subclass for each class. There was the Night Stalker, the Stormcaller, and the Sunbreaker. Uh, and the raid... And the raid that came with us was King's Fall. And Destiny was finally given a bit more of a story. Something that had been missing since the launch. Nolan North took over the role of our ghost. Replacing uh, Dinklebot. Uh, Peter Dinklage. So we got that. And I gotta say, you know, going throughout this. I started out as a warlock. Uh, by the time that we made it to the PvP and Trials of Osiris. I had settled on a... Golden Gun. Golden Gun all day, my friend. That is the best subclass. If Now, the Night Stalker is super easy for PvP. You can wombo combo people to death. Smoke and a, um, and a fire grenade, line grenade. I don't remember what it's called. Or But with my build on the Hunter, I used the, the Spine of Dual Amkara. That was the thing that gave you two trip mine grenades. I also ran two throwing knives. And I had my cooldown on these set to maximum. What that meant is that about every 15, 30 seconds, I had a trip mine ready to go. And I was really good at leading with a trip mine. What I mean by that is I would see somebody start to come through a doorway or a hallway. I would throw a trip mine. It would knock them down to absolute zero. And then I'd tap them one time with a hand cannon or sidearm. That was it. Curtains. I, I killed so many people this way. And then if they survive that, throw a quick throw a knife to the face as well. That's going to take them out as well. Like I said, I had so much fun with this game, but I digress. So we got this, and we had the Taken King. We got to face Oryx, finally, who was the father of Crota from the second raid we actually got. And there was, of course, new weapons and armor. With each set here, they had armor. With each raid, they had armor sets that kind of mirrored the enemies therein. And this was a cool theme throughout. They had to raise light level and everything. I, I just loved Destiny as a whole, the whole experience. So I, at this point, we're about two years into the game. I've been playing it religiously in the Crucible almost every day, doing raids, doing my weekly Nightfall and our weekly strike list. So I had my daily routine I was going through here. Fast forward to September 20th of 2016, a full year later, we got the Rise of Iron. This was the first expansion that left behind PS3 and Xbox 360 players. Mind you, up until this point, the game was updated for both the PS4, Xbox One, Xbox 360, and the PS3. So we had players kind of separated based on the console they were on. And if you ever played on the PS3, my lord, trying to load up a heavy ammo synth mid-raid battle, you, you better find something to hide behind. I remember the first time I was in... The uh, it was Oryx. I was in uh, the dark below and I had to load up a heavy ammo synth there. It was like moments, it was so much faster than waiting on the reply time from the server on the PS3. I don't know if the hardware limitations were that severe or if it was just too much for that, that old console. But my goodness, if you know what I'm talking about, you you know, you know, you've dealt with it and you were thankful for that upgrade to the PS4 and the Rise of Iron. And that, again, we got the Wrath of Machines raid. Each of the 
And I mean, that was, it was an interesting raid. This is probably the raid I played the least of, to be honest with you. I love the Vault of Glass. It was challenging. Crota's End had its moments, but it wasn't that difficult. And the Taken King probably was one of the most difficult to understand the mechanics of, to get down, in my opinion, of all the raids that I did. Wrath of the Machines wasn't overly difficult. We figured that out pretty regular, pretty quickly and got it taken care of. So, But, of course, with all, like I said, there were weapons and armor with all this, with all these sets, and they all they all look pretty cool. The Wrath of the Machines armor looked very Deus Ex Machina with um, red color, red and black being the theme there. It was... And it was powered by SIVA. This uh this make believe uh, element or something that was taking over things. That's what the whole Rise of Iron thing was about. Aside from the raids though, there were additional story missions added with each expansion. And like I said, everybody every player had their weekly and daily goals accomplished each with their three characters, such as a nightfall and weekly strike list. They all awarded various upgrade materials we all know how mmos work they're designed to keep you in there in that environment while you're upgrading your character doing the weekly stuff making sure you're at max power until that next expansion releases then you're back to it again and i have to say that during the beginning of destiny the only way you had the ability to progress was via pve you had to do the raids if you didn't do the raids there was no way to reach maximum light, which meant that during the PvP event, Iron Banner, which usually came around each month, you were helplessly underleveled. And there wasn't even a way with the Iron Banner back in the old days to reach maximum light level. And during, if you didn't know during Iron Banner, the light level constraints that usually would be disabled, they were active. So if you were higher level, you did more damage, and so on and so forth. So... It was nice to see towards the end, I think it was during the Taken King or maybe a little bit before there, Bungie decided to add the ability for you to level up in more ways than one. So you could do PvP solely and get your, your level up to max. It was around this time I think they brought that the Party Crasher Plus One and the Matador 64, two of the best shotguns in the game, but they left off one of the abilities that just made them busted i think it was clustering or something like that i can't remember there was uh one of the abilities that made your 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 pellets spread less and that was just one of the most broken things ever back when it first came out so if you were an ape like me during that time you could go out and just destroy people like i said i eventually changed and i went to a sniper the longbow synthesis and the ldr those are some awesome weapons i had a longbow with hidden hand and eye of the storm meaning i almost never missed with that guy or i was using the no land beyond with my hockey sidearm just demolishing fools there were good times though and i think one of the reasons that i like destiny one the amount i did is there was a good bit of customization in the first game you could tweak how much armor how much speed and how much recovery you might have based on your characters like the titans they were they were bricks. They had high strength, not strength, high defense, and they had high high armor and high, high recovery. Their their speed was crap, but uh, the warlocks had more recovery than anything. A little bit of armor and a little bit of speed. Those are kind of balanced there. The hunter, my lord, the hunter was a speed machine. You kill that recovery and your uh, armor, or kill your armor and leave the recovery up just a little bit. 
you can max out the speed and good luck catching that guy because he is gone. If he rounds a corner, he's gone. He's recovering there. And I think, like I said, with Destiny 2, they took away some of this customization. So the the characters were more same-ish in the nature. They added new subclasses and everything, but the direction they went in was just something I didn't enjoy as much. And I hated that as someone who had loved the first game to have the sequel come out to be something less than desirable. After I had spent all that time in it, it was just, it was sad, to be honest. Having had all the friends I did, I still talked to several of the people that I, I did raise with regularly, or the guy that I ran trials with on a regular basis with his brother. I keep in touch with him. And I mean, I made lifelong friends out of this game. Destiny 1 was a wonderful experience overall. And like I said, they they should have taken the formula they had that was working there and added upon it. It seemed like instead they stripped it back, made it more base. And at this time, you know, they've parted ways with Activision. They, they're doing their own thing. It's all free to play now. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll get out there again and try it out again. But there's got to be some changes. I really hope the time to kill at least is better because my word, coming from D1 where I could hand cannon you from a decent distance with like three or four shots and it taking five or better and two just wasn't a good experience for me but like i said this has just been my experience with destiny one having played through it i don't think i would recommend it to friends just because it is such a huge time commitment and maybe one day if i can make it back to civilization before the servers go offline i might play some crucible because i did so love that just wrecking fools and being out there just having a KD of like 5-0 and or 3-0, and something like that. Good feeling. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Until next time, this has been Chris here with Would You Gaming.